are back with another edition of the Rewind That Tape podcast. This is your host, Dr. Cash, and along with me is... Jay Perhams. And it's Victory Monday for Buccaneers fans, but today we are going to switch it up and talk about the NBA and a little bit of NFL, just not related to the Super Bowl. A lot of things have been going around the NBA today, especially uh, talks have been heated up. I've been heating up about uh, the Toronto Raptors possibly dealing Kyle Lowry yep. um, to anywhere, but he's a, he's a trade option, and the Raptors are looking to give him up and see if they can get some young guys or maybe even some veterans, probs. You know, Lowry's been an all-star for this team, and he seems like he's that last kind of OG member from the 2010 decade, so... Do you agree with this call with the Raptors? I mean, obviously this season hasn't gone as planned, but um, as with Lowry, I mean, obviously his years have haven't been the same as he was before. But do you agree with their idea here of trying to give him away? Yeah, I mean, I I understand where they're coming from. I mean, this is the Raptors team that won the championship just a couple of years ago, and the team now is completely different. I mean, you get rid of Kawhi. Abaka, Gasol, and now it seems like Lowry's on the cutting block. Yeah. It seems like they're ushering in a, a new generation of young guys because you got Van Vliet, uh, Siakam, Powell, and it looks like they're trying to get more young guys. Right, and they got and Boucher think, as well. Exactly, yeah, and I think they're just um, they're trying to maximize their um, their talent that they have now, and I think they think that Sure. Lowry is a fan favorite. Everyone loves him in Toronto. And I mean, I think dealing him, though, would give them the most talent back and it would be the best way forward. So I think smart decision from Ujiri. And I think this is what helps you become a um, championship for the future and really sets them up for um, more, much more victories in the future than if than the couple of victories that Lowry might be able to give you right now. Right, it's one of those things where you, you don't want to let him go as just the loyalty and the amount of mm-hmm. um, consistency as how he's given back to Toronto, you know. Just been there forever, it seems like. But, yeah, I mean, he's still he's still been solid, 42% shooting, averaging exactly. about 17.5 points a game. But, um, yeah, definitely just because of the plan for the Raptors as a whole. And I just want to get started with an interesting trade idea in which the Raptors are in desperate need for a rebounder, a solid big man, as they released, exactly, uh, exactly. They released Alex Len earlier this year, I believe. Um, I think Cleveland, Andre Drummond could be a great fit here in Toronto. What do you think about this? You know, Who, who can the Raptors and, uh, give up with, uh, as well as Lowry? Because in my opinion, I think just the way Drummond's been playing this year, the Cleveland's going to be asking for a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I think... Lowry doesn't fit Cleveland's plans either. I mean, Cleveland has an even younger team. They've got um, exactly. They've got Garland and they've got Sexton both in that front court. So you're looking at Lowry. He might have to take a bench role, and I I don't know if that's something he wants to do, or anyone who deals Drummond for him wants to get a bench player. So I think, however unrealistic this trade might be, I think Toronto might have to throw in two first rounders, three first rounders, and for me, I don't see it as really realistic because they 
they want to get value out of Lowry. And I mean, Drummond's a great player and all, but like you said, he's he's a free agent for next year, and he's almost as old as Lowry. I mean, I think that is somewhere in the direction that um, the Raptors don't want to go. I don't think they're, they're really looking for trading older guys for old guys. I think they're trying to get some injection of youth. I don't know if that's to win now or to win in the future. Right, definitely. It would be interesting to see how Kyle Lowry would, uh, his role in Cleveland obviously wouldn't be favorable uh, towards him because they got Garland and Sexton, and mm-hmm. Sexton's been putting in the work, and it clearly has been paying off. So yeah. definitely it would be interesting there. Definitely, uh, for sure, the the Raptors would be getting the benefit here in Drummond. So, yeah, I think they def- uh, they – Toronto's definitely giving up more than just Lowry in this trade. Another interesting mm-hmm. one thing I thought about was many people are saying to uh, trade DeRozan earlier this season and reunite him with Lowry. But, I mean, those Spurs, they're fifth in the West, and as underrated as they are, they're beating good teams. Um, you know, earlier this season, they go undefeated in L.A., currently beating the Warriors. Um, exactly. It's and, definitely they're definitely an interesting team to watch. Um, yeah, as and, as Popovich just continues to dominate. So an idea I had here was, what if somehow Lowry is able to reunite with DeRozan in San Antonio? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what, what would the, the 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 from the Raptors standpoint? I mean, they this this obviously it would make them happy to see those two come back together. But would you would you if you're the Spurs, are you willing to give up Aldridge, who has been in sort of – he's been inconsistent this year. We've seen him knock down threes here and there, but we've always exactly. also seen him have breakdowns on defense. So with this here, would you like to include a draft pick, another role player from San Antonio, or how how would you like to deal with this? Because Aldridge is, is a pretty old veteran. Yeah, I think in this one, the San Antonio, I think – they have a multitude of young guys in that um, front court. So I think throwing in someone like Devin Vassil or Lonnie Walker the fourth, I think them and LaMarcus Aldridge would be a package that I, I would sin- seriously consider if I was the Raptors because a front court of Walker, who's who's been overshadowed, I feel like, because right. he was a solid guy. I think someone like Derek White as well. Um, because this front court for San Antonio is just so packed. I mean, you have DeJounte Murray. He's he's a starter. He's a proven guy, pr- proven young guy. And you just look at the people behind him. They drafted a shooting guard. They have Walker and they have White in their um, rotation. So I think if adding a savvy veteran like Lowry to help mentor the three other guys, if they do split them up, then I think that would be beneficial for Lowry and for this playoff run. So I think um, for a run that the Spurs might want to have, having Lowry there would be beneficial. And I think him and DeRozan have such a connection that it might be beneficial to the Spurs to make a move. Right. This would, it would definitely, I would love to see this because San Antonio is definitely a great team right now. And they're, they're fitting together perfectly with DeJounte Murray and mm-hmm. uh, DeRozan and the rest of those guys. But, yeah, I mean, obviously Aldridge isn't isn't really the player the Raptors are looking for, but if they can get a solid second rounder, I'd say, and a Lonnie Walker or a, 
um, another solid guard from San Antonio because they're pretty good on guards. That would be pretty interesting to see. But mm-hmm. obviously, uh, Lowry, like for me, he he's had those thirty point game in a, like it's I wouldn't say once in a blue moon, but it's it's not uh, very likely that you'll see him drop more than twenty five. But he's still a very solid, solid player, and it would be cool to see him get another ring because. In my mind, the Raptors are not going to get one soon because of yeah. uh, the threat in Philadelphia and Brooklyn. But you think he can go anywhere else? I mean, we've just listed a couple of teams here, but definitely yeah, the Raptors look him, look to trade him to a uh, up and rising team. I actually have one more thought. I mean, this team. I was looking at the rankings, and I thought maybe he could go to the Pelicans. I think a trade for Stephen Adams and Mary, maybe you give up Bledsoe because. That pairing with Bledsoe and Lonzo have not been working well, and like even though the reports Lonzo is trying to get traded, I feel like you still want to maximize his value over Bledsoe. So I I would think like um, uh, Lowry and a couple picks for Adams and Bledsoe. I think that would give the Raptors a proven point guard and a proven center in, in areas of need, and. It would give the Raptors someone who, or sorry, the Pelicans, someone who can mentor Lonzo and then also take out Steven Adams, who has not been working very well with the front court that's already packed. You have Jackson Hayes, you have um, Zion, you have Brandon Ingram. So I think getting rid of a big guy is good. Would be good for the for New Orleans, and getting someone like Lowry and a and a couple of picks in return would would be beneficial for both sides. I think. Right, definitely. Um, Pelicans, they obviously everyone's been talking about recently how Zion has been getting overshadowed by LaMelo Ball hype wise, but Zion's still having a strong year, but the Pelicans as a group haven't. Um, definitely would be an interesting place to see Lowry go as his veteran presence means more than people can imagine. Um, but mm-hmm. we'll see what the Raptors do to him. I mean, like I said, he's he's like that, he's the last guy from. You could say since 2011, 2012. Um, But we'll see where he goes. We'll switch it up here to the NFL. Some news revolving around the Las Vegas Raiders as they deem Derek Carr unavailable. But they say they are open to offers revolving Marcus Mariota, who is currently the backup. Probs, do you think this man could be a starter? Would it... Does the conference matter, team matter? I mean, where do you think this guy could end up going, and could he be a starter anywhere? I mean, the thing for me, I mean, he needs to have um, a good a good spot to be in, and I think um, that's um, being a backup in Las Vegas after starting a couple games and then getting benched with Tennessee, I think his confidence is just going down and down and down. Um, so I think you need to get him to a team like Jameis, who is his fellow um, draftier. And I think um, like Jameis, he needs to go to a team where he can be mentored by a veteran presence. And I think quarterback needy teams um, take a flyer on him. I mean, maybe give up a third rounder, something like that. And I think a team like Carolina, a team like um, the Panthers, a team like Detroit, I think both of those guys who are looking to draft a quarterback, I think if a quarterback's not on the table when they 
go up um, if it's a quarterback that they don't like. If it's if there's already been three quarterbacks selected, then I think maybe one of them makes a move for Mariota because he's a low low risk, high reward guy. I mean, he, we saw what he did. He won a Heisman in Oregon. I mean, he was a first high first round pick, and I think um, he still has potential. He's still young. Um, let's see, he's he's twenty seven, so he's he's old, but he still has room to grow, and I think. Any team can bank on his upside. So I think a team like Carolina, a team like Detroit, or even a team like the Patriots, I mean, they could take a flyer on him. I mean, he he would have a system and a coach who are at the top of the league or a coach who's won Super Bowl. So I think if he can mold Mariota or do something like that, I think that could be beneficial to Mariota. Right, because the one game we saw him play a lot in is that Thursday night solid. game after the injury of Derek Carr. He, yeah, it was a definitely a really solid game. 17 for 28, 226 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Not to mention, though, nine rushes for 88 yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, he's yeah. a solid quarterback, and I honestly like him, and I agree with you in the part where it, it really comes down to the draft. Like if Carolina isn't able to get a solid quarterback like they want, mm-hmm. or if they don't want to, uh, if they don't want to take a risk on someone, say Zach Wilson or anyone like that, uh, they or could Trey definitely, Lance. or Trey Lance, right. They could definitely uh, go with Mariota here because Bridgewater, like he's a solid quarterback and this team didn't have McCaffrey for 80% of the year. Um, you can definitely. He's a bridge quarterback. Right, right. I think I honestly I would say give it one more try with Bridgewater, but uh, many people are saying that it's you, you got to give up on him right now. But I would love to see him go under Bill Belichick's system. That would be pretty fun to watch because yeah. Mariota, he's I'd say he has a better arm than Cam Newton does right now as it stands. Mm-hmm. And Mariota, I mean, he's also pretty mobile. So and if the and if the Patriots are able to end up with the top receiver and get Trey Mariota for third, fourth rounder. I mean, you're in business there. Yeah, and I think one more spot before we end this segment, I think San Francisco 49ers. I mean, this is a team that is super talented, just got ravaged by injuries. And if they can flip a fourth rounder, then you're going to have weapons like uh, Kittle, Debo Samuels, Brandon Ayuk, who are proven, who prove themselves. And that good offensive line, good running game, good defense. And I think... If you put Mariota in there, he can just be himself. He can just play, and I think, I think that is something that he needs just to play, to let it play. And I think I, we saw that in the Raiders game. He just played, and I think that's what um what he needs to find in his next team. Yeah, I, I'm high on Mariota right now, and I definitely believe in him. Uh, I, I I think you got to give him another opportunity. I mean, look, these guys obviously don't have trust in Cam Newton probably not going to be a Patriot um, next year. So I would honestly say Mariota could end up being the best option mm-hmm. there. But yeah, And I sure. think, yeah, he, he he definitely has the talent to be a starter. Obviously, his tenure in Tennessee didn't end well, but he still led them to a playoff appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, right, yeah, yeah. It's definitely um, one thing where you look at it as if you're going to sign him to a multi-year deal, that's where the risk gets a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. But if you send, sign him like Patriots did with Cam Newton to one-year deal, it's, that's prove where it's deal. A, right, a lower risk, prove yourself, can you take us to a wild-card game, something like that. 
um, give fans hope like they were like they had with Tom Brady. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's gonna end it for our NFL talk today. We'll keep going with the NBA as we're gonna switch up to one of the worst teams currently as it stands record wise in the NBA. That is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yep. Yes, the team with D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and number one pick Anthony Edwards currently sit at six and eighteen after a loss to the Dallas Mavericks today. That wasn't their only loss. They also um, saw D'Angelo Russell exit early in the first quarter um, with a, an apparent leg injury. Don't know the severity yet. Never ended up returning, but. And they could see Carl Anthony Towns return as soon as Wednesday because he's been out due to COVID and he's been dealing with some minor injuries. But mm-hmm. I thought this team could be something, but they're just yeah. in the same position as they were last year. What's your realistic future for this team once they come, once they get Russell and Cap back? And even if they do, like, do you think this team could end up making the playoffs? Like, is the playoffs still attainable? Yeah, I think um I think this team the playoffs could be attainable. I mean, where I'm looking at them right now, they're they're way behind every other team. I mean, they're like four and a half games behind the Mavericks and that's just to get up one seed. So I think they've taken a humongous fall. Exactly. But, but I think that talent on that team is quite impressive. You haven't had Cat, who's your rim protector for a while now, and you have your Delos exiting, and your rookie um, um, Anthony Edwards. You can't expect him to carry an offense immediately, and I think one of the biggest issues with this team is their um, defense. Like we were talking about when they were looking to um, maybe draft Lonzo or Lamelo, sorry, and they were like, "Oh, this team, they're." They're going to be horrible at offense. And it's crazy. They've allowed 115 points per game. And that's and compared to 106 points that they're scoring. And I think, and I think to be honest with you, I think they're just not getting it done on the defensive end and they're not making up on it on the offensive end. And I think that's because they don't have um, their top scorers in Cat and D'Lo. But I mean, I'm still unsure if it's going to work. Because I haven't seen. I mean, sure, they've yelled well, but I have. They're not proven team. I mean, Anthony Edwards has played pretty good, but this entire team just—I don't know—just doesn't feel right to me. I think there's some kind of missing vibe. They have some kind of vibe that to me is off. Like I feel like they just—they um, can't hit it on the nail yet. They have the talent, but they haven't been able to mesh correctly. Right, I haven't seen a whole lot of D'Lo and Cat playing together yet. To be exact, last year, they played, after D'Lo got traded, he played 12 games with the T-Wolves, only one with Cat. But I honestly think um, that it would be interesting to see this team make a run. And I, I think depth is something where they got to look at. They could still have someone like Kyle Lowry. Or I think they should have traded for yeah, Derrick Rose and he she should have a reunion because... This team lacks depth. I mean, you got Jared Vanderbilt, J.D. McDaniels, Ricky Rubio, 
Hernan Gomez coming off the bench. I mean, that's just not, I don't think that's going to get it done. And they've had Russell and Cat uh, have made the playoffs a few times, so maybe they can bump up the intensity, but definitely it's something that the T-Wolves organization is going to have to look at from a future perspective and say, are we really going to take Cat's career and waste a, waste a few years? Because it, it just seems like that's what's going on because – Carl Anthony Towns is putting up video game numbers. He's playing like absolute monster, but um, the his team isn't there to back him up. Uh, so definitely something to look out for. I would say they do have a shot at the playoffs, but they're need to, gonna have to get Cat and D'Lo back exactly. soon. They need to be healthy, right? And speaking of Derrick Rose, that was a trade made this week in the NBA as he was sent from Detroit to New York, the Knicks, mm-hmm. um, for Dennis Smith Jr. and draft compensation. I'll go ahead and start start off here. I want to just start off by talking about Dennis Smith. Man average 14.5 with Dallas. Got traded in the KP trade to New York. He didn't get much playing time in New York, just didn't fit well in that system. And then earlier, a few weeks ago, requested to play in the G League bubble with the the Knicks affiliate G League team. Knicks granted that that request. He's now being traded to Detroit. I'm not sure if that means he'll be playing with the Detroit G League team in the bubble in Orlando or if he'll go straight to the Pistons. I still think that this man has a lot to prove to the game, and I still think that this man can turn into a future star. Mm-hmm. Detroit is obviously just not a great team right now, um, and but this is a perfect team where he can prove to the NBA that as he's an impending free agent, he can prove to the NBA that he deserves a spot, whether that be a starter or a six-man, a solid backup, whatever that be. I'm high on this guy. I like to trade for both sides. Obviously, Rose, he's not really going to go to a – that's not a finals contender in New York, but still a team that has a better and brighter future than Detroit does. Yeah, I think for um, Derrick Rose, he gets maybe make a couple more playoff runs. But I think the biggest thing for the Knicks is um getting someone who can mentor Emmanuel quickly, who can mentor R.J. Barrett, because that's what he came in to do in Detroit. He was like, I'm going to mentor Killian Hayes. I'm going to be that guy. And I think... If he's that guy with R.J. Baird, um, like he said he was, um, and with Emmanuel quickly, that could have astounding impacts. Because if he doesn't put up double digits, but he helps R.J. Baird grow, Emmanuel quickly grow, then I think they got their money's worth. Because that's who the Knicks are focused on. That's what this trade was for, pri- primarily at the core. It was to help those young guys grow. I mean, Derrick Rose is still a great player. I mean, he's averaging double digits. He's He's playing really well, and but I think his biggest value comes in his veteranship and his mindset that I'm going to help these guys grow, and I think that's a great mindset to have when you're such a good player. And on Dennis Smith's side, I, I don't know how good of a trade this is for Detroit because you have a point guard that you just drafted, Killian Hayes, and then you're putting in this competition. I mean, maybe it pushes both of them to grow, and then and then I can look at this and say, oh, I, I was stupid, I was wrong. But um, until then, I think um, Dennis Smith Jr., he's trying to go out and prove himself. He's trying to go out and 
beat Killian Hayes for right. That was a, that was a very uh, that was a very humble move by Smith to request to play in the G League, uh, so he can prove himself. Mm-hmm. But um, exactly. yeah, I really think that the Knicks' young core has has formulated to be something special there, and um, definitely a surprise this year. But I'd like to see R.J. Barrett dominate. Julius Randle mm-hmm. having a, an incredible year. Emmanuel quickly. That guy is underrated. Exactly. And um, Obi Topin, I mean, sky's the limit for all those guys there. But, yeah, I like mm-hmm. Derrick Rose. That's definitely an addition of veteranship there in mm-hmm. New York. But I, I think they, they actually could make the playoffs this year because yeah, you got sure. teams like Pistons and Wizards at the bottom of the conference, and Knicks are just taking advantage of that young core, um, making teams guess on defense. I mean, you got you got three-point shooters. You got... Uh, R.J. Barrett, who can drive into the paint. And they got everything. And it's just uh, the way Tom Thibodeau has been working out with this team is incredible. And I like to see the Knicks finally getting some Ws. Um, so I, I think that, exactly. that that Knicks uh, organization has a bright future. But mm-hmm. we're going to stop it there for the NBA talk. Just wanted to move on to a little, just a short, very short segment here. Just wanted to note how the MLB uh, and the MLBPA has agreed on 2021 terms, including seven-inning doubleheaders and modified extra innings with runners on second base, no universal designated hitter. A lot of fans got the opposite of what they wanted. They wanted uh, no runners in scoring position in extra innings, but some people agreed, some people didn't, a lot didn't, so... Perhaps, do you really agree with the, what the MLB is doing here with these changes late game? Yeah, I mean, this for sure is going to make the game go faster. I mean, those um, seven double headers. And I think, for me at least, that might have been one of the problems for the more casual baseball fan who doesn't um, watch it every single day, who's in, who, has, who is not invested. I think seven inning games are going to attract a lot more people. And I think that's a problem with the MLB is their declining viewership and stuff. And I think this, this move helps them out. And I think making the, making the extra innings quicker by adding someone at second, I think that helps them out with their timing, making it faster. And I think um, lastly, I think that um, some of these diehard fans might not want it, but Change is coming to to the MLB if we like it or not, and I think this is just the first step. Right, uh, a lot of uh, confu—I mean, not confusion, but a lot of one-sided fans here. Definitely some changes late game for the Major League Baseball, but uh, I believe that's going to do it for us for this edition of the Wind That Tape podcast. Before yeah. we go, as always, we got probs with the Dubs. Our yes, our new set our not new segment, but it's been here for a while. But probs, go ahead, take it away. Yeah, and so for today's probs of the dubs, I got um Rob Gronkowski. Actually, he's already in Disneyland with his kids. Um, using some lightsabers. I mean, he's just having some fun. I mean, right, he got there quickly. I know exactly. That's um, he got there one day um after his Super Bowl. Wanted to soak it all in, I guess. I mean, have fun. I mean, he, he deserved it coming out of retirement. And he played wonderful in that Super Bowl. I mean, he did not look like the old man we saw for the um, 
other parts of the season. And I think he just showed out. He really showed out. And I think he deserves a nice Disneyland break. Yeah, that was that was very quick trip overnight there to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And he was having some fun. And it was it was fun watching it as well. But, folks, yeah. that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the RTT Podcast. If you haven't already, go ahead, follow us on all platforms. We got Bleach Report, Instagram. We're at Twitter. Just hit 100 followers there. Thank you, guys. Um, we got TikTok, Halftime. Just reach us, re- reach out on there, DM us if you got any ideas, whether that be to write about or to talk about. Thanks for joining us as always. We appreciate you spending part of your day with us, and we hope to see you again on the RTT Podcast. Peace.